Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I'm a life mindset and human design mentor who is all about helping you heal and rediscover your authentic self so you can go out and do some really epic stuff. So this podcast is going to be all about spirituality, self-empowerment, self-discovery, wellness, healing, parenting, sobriety, mental health, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This is all about helping you along in your own self-project journey. So go ahead and let's sit back and dive right in. Welcome back to the show this week. I'm really excited to welcome our guest, Deborah Ricks, and she is a self-love doula, an attorney, a mother, and she is also the author of three books. She helps women give birth to the love within, and she has got a really incredible story, and I'm really excited to just hear more and listen to um, kind of your story of how you kind of journeyed through the fear of being visible and how you overcame that. So if you did not mind, Deborah, do you mind just sharing more about yourself with us and your story with the audience? First, thank you, Christy, for having me. Thank you for um, allowing me to share bits of my story um, about my fear of of being visible. And I I gotta say, I have not completely overcome it. It is is a journey just like loving yourself is a journey. So um, let me just tell you how I discovered I had the fear. (laughs) So about uh, five or six years ago, I was reading yet another self-help book. And this author, um, a coach, she coached high level coaches, leaders, spiritual um, leaders, healers, entrepreneurs, women. And she said in this passage in her book that she noticed one fear that all of these women had. And she said it was the fear of being visible. And when I read that, I stopped. I reread it and I read it again. And I was like, she's talking about me and she's talking to me. And that was the beginning of me deciding that I would no longer be in hiding. Now, before that, I didn't even know that I was in hiding. That's the interesting thing. I uh, am an editor as well as all the other things you named. And I was editing and primarily my income was from editing. And I noticed though, that I wouldn't market myself. I wouldn't really put myself out there. I um, I had clients, but not at the volume that I knew I could because I'm good at it. And I, by word of mouth, I was getting clients, but I wouldn't put myself into the world. I wouldn't assert myself. And when I read this author's words, I made a commitment that I would begin to heal this. And because I'm the self-love doula, that was an act of self-love for me to say, okay, I see 
that I have a problem, and I use these air quotes because I, I don't like the word problem, but I see that I have an issue here, and I see that it's getting in the way of me making money. It's getting in the way of me living fully in the world and showing up. And so that was really the pivotal moment that I said, you know, I got to do something about this because it's really hurting me. And then interestingly enough, I read a lot. So I was reading another book and I saw another woman talking about she had this fear. And then I, over the years, I noticed that this is a very common fear for women, a fear of being front and center and to really let people see us and know us. And I, I, I understand that though. I understand where it comes from. For me, it came from partially, some of it is cultural, but some of it and some is from society, but I'm a black woman raised in a religious family. My father was a minister and we were told that children ought to be seen and not heard. And I actually was, as a, as a young person, I was uh, bullied throughout school. For, I was bullied for seven years from the third grade through the ninth grade. And that's significant because I was bullied because I was, although very, very shy, I was considered smart by my teachers and, what, and well-behaved. And what teacher doesn't want a, a smart, well-behaved student, it makes her job or his job easier. And so, you know, we don't talk a lot about bullying. I don't think we talk enough about it, but that had an impact on me because the students, I was being bullied and beaten and, and taunted because I was daring to shine, to let my brilliance shine, even though I was shy and I had English teachers, they adored me. And I, I credit teachers with my uh, even becoming a lawyer because I didn't get that support in, in my household. Uh, so when I look back, I can see where that fear originated. And even in my household, I had a difficult relationship with my father and my father used to tell me that I had too much pride. So I think as, as children, you, you know, you have children that they, you, they have their own, they come, I don't think that children come into the world with a clean slate, like people say. I think they come with something. And when they come into this world, people, their parents, the people who raised them, they either get to nurture that and bring it forth, or they can crush it. And much, much of my life was people, I was surrounded by people who wanted to crush that my shine wanted to dim my light. And so here I was a grown woman trying to make a living. I had left the practice of law and here I was trying to make a living as an editor, as a speaker. And I was scared to death to let people even know what I did, to let people even know what I really think. That's incredible. I, um, I feel like I really resonate with this topic of being visible because I felt like um, I kind of grew up 
a lot just being in the background, not, you know, wanting to be out front, just trying to hide, stay in the shadows, not be seen, you know, just to, I say, keep a low profile so nobody would notice you. So, um, you know, stepping into uh, this world where we share our stories and our experiences and, you know, helping others and dealing with being visible, having a podcast, um, you know, these things are all, um, I know for myself, we're all very uncomfortable at first because it does kind of thrust you into this um, spotlight in a way, you know, it kind of thrusts you at the front of your message and, your story. And like you said, that wasn't always necessarily nurtured in us or modeled for us. Or like you said, there's a variety of reasons why this would be. So I really love that you are helping women with this topic and you're talking about it and you're sharing your experience with it. And where, um, like you said, you didn't even realize you had a problem with it until you know, you, you came across this author and you're like, wait a minute, I'm not showing up the way that I could be. So I really appreciate that you are bringing light to this. Um, and you know, Christy, I uh, coined a term uh, that I work to live by. And that is, I dare to be vocal, visible and vulnerable. Uh, because in to be visible, if I just say that, some people, if they don't, of course, don't look deeper, they might think, oh, well, oh, yeah, I show up. But how many of us show up in a room and we don't speak up? How many of us show up in a room and we speak up, but we speak falsely? We don't share who we really are. Not, In other words, we're not being vulnerable. And of course, vulnerability is not only about sharing your emotions, Vulnerability is about sharing your brilliance, like really sharing up fully and letting the world see just how beautiful and powerful that we are. And here we are recording this on Women's International Women's Day, what Women's Day. How how beautiful is that? Uh, because I, I see this uh, issue. It does. It 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 has no respect of of race, largely women, there may be men, but I, I work with women. And it doesn't matter if you're white or black or um, Asian, across the globe, women have been repressed and told, who hasn't heard the term, even though I hope we don't hear it now, but you know, she just stand there and look pretty. Right? So we have been encouraged in some of this trauma because it can be traumatic for even when I think about if I see a little girl, I try to be careful not to just compliment her on how she looks because then am I overlooking that maybe she's smart, maybe she's really good at math and so as women, I think it has, and as some of it is overt and some of it is subtle. And so I decided to set out on this journey to dare to be vocal, to speak up when I'm 
scared and I've been doing it my whole life. And as an attorney, you know, you like, you can't afford to be afraid to speak. However, you know, it's okay to be afraid. I, I, I believe fear, I believe courage is not the absence of fear, but it's the being afraid and doing it anyway. So you be brave and you be courageous. And it's very sexy, I think. Uh, and so, yeah. So I, I, you know, for the women that are listening, I'm, I'm sure that many of you resonate. And the reason I didn't know that I was afraid, I didn't know what the cause of my not succeeding was. In other words, in this particular arena, when you move into the entrepreneur's arena, you got to do your own promotion. You got to put yourself out there. And when I'm working for a law firm, well, you know, I already got ready-made clients or whatever. I'm working for, you know, the I'm a criminal lawyer. So those clients are handed to me in the work that I do now. Uh, and so they're just there and I just have to represent them. But it's, and I, I speak for them. I'm their mouthpiece. But to speak for yourself, to let people actually know how you feel and think, that does take courage. I love that you make that differentiation because when you brought up you were an attorney, I thought, yes, oh my gosh, you know, we see attorneys and they're standing up there being visible, fighting for other people. So I'm glad that you kind of explained how that translated over for you. And that makes sense that it's different. I feel like it's different when you're fighting for somebody else or you're showing up for somebody else. You know, it's for whatever reason, it's easier for us. But like you said, when it comes to self-promotion or standing up for ourselves, like you asked me to stand up for my kids. And I'm like, I'll be, you know, mama bear showing up <laughs> wherever I need to go. But you asked me to stand up for myself and I'll be all like, I'd rather not. Um, so I, I really. I know, yeah, I know a lot of women who uh, like we as women are encouraged anyway to be nurturing and supportive of people. Right. And so I was talking to a sister friend the other day and she had told me, she said, I have no problems promoting other people. I have no problem telling other people how wonderful they are. I have no problems doing that. I'm, she said, I'm very comfortable doing that. She said, but when it comes to myself, and I was like, I, I get it. Like a lot of us struggle. And so the woman that, you know, who can do that, I have much respect for a woman who does that easily, but I have just as much respect for the woman who recognizes that it's challenging, but she's willing to go ahead and do it anyway. She's afraid, but she's doing it because this journey is not about perfection anyway. It's about everything is a practice, everything we get to. And I love that term because we think about when we do our meditation, that's a practice or yoga, but everything we can see as a practice so that even if today I don't feel like showing up so powerfully, uh, it's okay, have compassion, self-compassion, which is an act of self-love. And uh, in the next moment, I might decide I'm gonna show up more powerfully, but I get to practice this thing, showing up, being vocal, visible, and vulnerable, letting people see me, know me, letting people see me, hear me, and know me. I love that. I love that you say it's a practice because this is something we can develop. So it's not like one of those things that we can think, well, I was, I'm not a born natural at it. So this is never something that I could do. No, no. Like you could absolutely develop all of, you know, the skills, the mindset, all of the different 
components that you might think that you need for it. Because um, the fact that I'm here doing my own podcast is an absolute miracle. If you'd ask anybody, you know, who knew me back in grade school and <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. So, so what I would love to know is, do you have um, maybe some tips that you could share with us on how, how women could start working through this fear of being visible, how they could start showing up more? What are some of the things that you tell um, kind of your clients and your audience to start with? First, I would say, be gentle with yourself when you discover that you have any fear about anything. I think we can be too hard and too harsh with ourselves. So be gentle, acknowledge, okay, yeah, this is an issue. I'm not marketing myself as well as I could or would like to. Uh, yeah, I kind of went to that meeting. I didn't speak up. Yeah, okay, well, I didn't say what I really felt with my partner because it shows up everywhere. So be kind and gentle with yourself. And then take baby steps. Again, it's a practice. We are on a journey. So do it in small ways. Don't think you have to, if you say you're in um, an organization and you haven't been speaking up Okay, maybe just comment on somebody else's sharing. In other words, your ideas to, you know, Brene Brown really brought this to the forefront with her, the power of vulnerability. Uh, when she talked about what it means to be vulnerable and to share your ideas, that is being vulnerable because we could get knocked down. Somebody could say, oh, that's a hmm, horrible idea. Or as many women can attest to, you're in a meeting and you share an idea and nobody really comments on it. It's not so brilliant. Then a man shares that same idea and suddenly it's ooh, brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. <laughs> so say that happens. And you know, we don't have to be angry. We just be gracious and say, oh, you know, come and call the person on it or say, reiterate the idea. Yeah. You know, I don't know what, why the word Patrick, I think it is because I'm one of my YouTube people I like to watch. His name is Patrick. It's like, oh yeah, that was a great idea um, that me and Patrick just had, right? <laughs> you know, I just, thank you for reiterating that idea, Patrick. <laughs> uh, so I, the main thing is to do it. See, and, and, and don't expect to be fearless. I do not believe in living a fearless life. When people say live the fearless life, I would say fear hyphen less. Live with less fear. Because you're going to experience fear when you go into the unknown, you're doing something you haven't done. When I first started, I would uh, go out, me and my sister, would we would go to lots of... Um, lectures and um, authors come to town, we would go. And I would literally practice and people didn't know I was practicing, but I would always make a point of raising my hand, adding a comment 
because I was practicing speaking in public. When we think of public speaking, it's not just from the mic where you're the speaker, but you could be in the audience. And if you fear speaking, just put your voice in the room. Have you noticed, Christy, that the people who are remembered are the people who put their voice in the room? So if you wanna be remembered and you go somewhere and they say there's a 15 people, who do we remember? We remember the people who spoke. So if it's five out of that 15, we remember those five. So practice that. So just do it in small increments. Do it, nobody has to know but you that you're practicing, but, but do it and do it with people that you love too, like with your partner, even with your children, if you have grown children, um, begin, you may feel that, um, you know, your heart racing, your stomach, stomach is feeling, you know, like got butterflies in it. The main thing is to do it. I would also add, of course, you always want to uh, learn from other people, but don't try to be other people. Don't imitate others. Know that who we are is enough. I think that's one of the things is that and even if you stumble over your words and even if you don't say it as graciously or eloquently as you'd like, know this, that you did it. Give yourself credit for having done it. One of the reasons I think that a lot of us don't take some of the risks that we would like to take. I see women, some of the women that I, I work with, they're afraid to take a certain risk because they know that they are going to be brutal to themselves if they don't rise to the occasion, if they don't do it as well as they think they should do it. So what's, that's where we go back to having self-compassion and, and being gentle with ourselves. As women, we do so much. Here you are, you're doing a podcast, you got children, just having children alone, I know you do a thousand things, right? So, but we don't give ourselves enough credit for how incredible we are and how much we do for, for the world. If we tend to our own household, we are doing a lot for the world. So I just say to women, be gentle with yourself, practice, do it in small increments. And when you don't do it as well, as you think you ought to do it, or you don't say it as beautifully as you think you ought to, go back to tip number one, be gentle with yourself. These are excellent tips. I'm really glad that you shared them with us because um, while you were speaking, I was thinking of an experience that I had over the weekend. Um, I'm on an app called Clubhouse. So I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's um, all yeah, oh my God. yeah. <laughs> it's all audio based. And that's one of the things that has really, um, you know, when that first came out really helped me like with my voice is, you know, stepping into those spaces, speaking in smaller rooms, but um, I had an experience over the weekend, I went into this room, and it was all like this women empowerment room, and we're helping you with like your pitching and your branding and this and that. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I listened for a while. And I'm like, oh, they're giving some good feedback. So I'm like, I'm going to go up there. And I'm going to do my little spiel in my bio and you know, whatever. Oh, man, they ripped me apart. I was like, is this Shark Tank? Like she literally was going Shark Tank style on me. And so, um, you know, it, it's, 
like even one of the other girls was like, I'm going to step in for a minute and offer like some things that I actually liked. So it was, it was an interesting experience because of course, after that, I stepped back and I like licked my wounds and I'm like, who am I? I shouldn't be doing this. Like I knew she was right. All these things I've been saying about myself. And then it, it just, yeah, it took me a minute to snap myself out of that and go, no, like, um, obviously this isn't your audience. This isn't the environment and the room for you. But, um, you know, I just thought it was a really powerful reminder of um, just that not everybody may necessarily agree with our message either. And that that part scares me, too, about being visible is putting yourself out there to be vulnerable, to be open for that criticism and that feedback. But it was just a beautiful remembrance that I could say, um, like, no, okay, that person wasn't for me. They didn't like my message and that's okay. But like, I can, I can keep going. I can keep doing this. So did I retreat for a few days? Yes, I did. But then I, you know, was able to step back and say, um, you know, um, one person's comment, one person who was thinking that she was on Shark Tank isn't, um, why am I going to let that railroad all of this? these wonderful things that I've done, because again, it comes back, like you said, being gentle with yourself, because then I wanted to be like, this is dumb. Why do I do this? And I'm like, Christy, think about all the wonderful people that you've gotten to met all the personal growth that you've made just from doing this. Like, you know, let it put, put aside, you know, that you want to help people and you want to have a show and you have goals and all of this, but like think of the personal growth that you're you're showing up and you actually spoke in front of people. So, you know, I just think that it's just an incredible reminder. I have to say uh, that happened to me on Clubhouse as well. And uh, a couple of times I was in a smaller room because that's usually where it happens. The bigger rooms, amazingly, the bigger rooms I've been in and the ones that I might've thought I was going to get chewed up they were kinder in general, actually. Um, but I have been in some of the smaller rooms and I'll say this when I hear your story, it is more about them than it was about us because there is a way that you can critique a person without making them feel like they're under attack. Because it's not, it wasn't about you. It wasn't about me. It was about that person who needed to be harsh and rude and nasty. And I love it that this other person spoke up and, and stepped in. Because I find that people, when, and even if it's me, if I'm nasty to someone, it's not because of them. It's because of me, it's whatever I'm dealing with. It's like the four agreements, you're familiar with the four agreements and it's take nothing personally. Why? Because it's not about you. The way that she talked to you is about her. There may be some way that you, uh, let's say what, however, you, however you spoke, the way she handled it, was she the moderator? Uh, I think she was one of the co-moderators, so. Right, we're the same thing. Yeah. If she was the moderator, in other words, uh, we have a saying, you can get more with honey than you can with vinegar. Would you go back in a room where she was 
Probably not. I mean, I, I had, I stopped going to those rooms with the women that were harsh like that. And every once in a while, I'd get some, one of them pinging me into a room and I would look at it on my phone. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so because I'm not signing up for abuse. Okay. Uh, and, and, and so an act of self-love, we go right back to self-love. I love myself too much to put myself in a place in a space where people are abusive. I don't care what your role is, right? So, uh, and then I must add, you did it though. We did it. We spoke up. That's important. That's, that's the whole, it, it's really not how people respond to us. It's how we, uh, what's the relationship that I have with myself? If I want to show up, I have no control over how people respond to me, but I do have control over how, whether or not I show up and how I show up. And if I, once again, if I don't do as well as I would like to have done, I just see it as a learning experience. And the next time I'll look to do it a little bit better. Yes. So what? Done is better than perfect. I love that. That's become my motto. Done's better. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's get that messy action. Messy action. Yes. Yes. I'm all for yes. it. And from, let's be, be willing to be awkward. Let's be willing to be awkward. And, and, and someone said, and I loved it. She said, let people see you trying. Be willing to let people see you trying because, you know, we live in a culture that everything's supposed to be so neat and pretty and everything. Well, when you had that baby, when I had my baby, it was not neat and pretty, but these babies were pretty. They, these babies were awesome, but it wasn't neat. And, that, that process, that whole journey could have been, no, can be quite messy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, life can be messy. Right now, if you look at my apartment, it is messy because what, I'm moving. I had pulling out all the stuff and moving something else, a mess, uh, you know, and the only reason I could tolerate it this way is because I know the end game, the end game. You're in the transformative process right now. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. I love that. I do too. So yes. what I would love to ask, I know you are, um, consider yourself the self-love doula, which I absolutely love. So I would love to know, how are you working with other women? Well, be honest, my best work is about being an example. That's how I really look at it. Uh, primarily, right now, I'm editing and I'm supporting women in writing their stories. And that, to me, is an act of self-love because when we think about visibility, believe it or not, that when we fear being visible, it shows up in our... Uh, ability to move forward on our dreams. Because if I say I want to write a book and I've written three books and I know it takes courage because you talked about it earlier where there was a, um, you had a situation where like just with a clubhouse where you retreated for a few days. Well, when I, my first book, I had people look at it and I had one woman, she came down on me hard and she was nasty about, does anybody want to read this? And this is redundant, da, 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 da. And for, I, I was a dating man at the time and I shared it with him and I cried <laughs> like a baby. I retreated, I put it aside for a while, but I, but I, but I had something to say. So I, I returned to it and I ultimately published the book. And so 
what I, right now I'm looking to move, um, I'm looking to be a digital nomad, right? And it's scary as all get up to be uprooting from the city I live in to move across the world. And I'm doing that and it's my desire that others around me will see that at no point do you stop living and give up on yourself. And so to me, it's like, it's one thing for me to talk to women. Because as I said, I, I help them you know, birth their, this, what I call self-love, because I, I think we're born loving ourselves and, and then something happens along the way and we start questioning whether we are so lovable even to ourselves. But I, I, so my example is more powerful and potent than anything I can say. And when I work with women on writing their books and editing their books and finding their voice, I support them in just showing up and speaking your truth. And, and sometimes I had one client that she couldn't do it. So she, she kept paying me and I felt bad because she was paying me to help her, but she could not, get, could not write that book. <laughs> and I, my title of my book is, my last book is write that book, right? <laughs> she could not write that book. Um, but um, so what I do, I just really support women. And I, you know, I have a Facebook group called Sisters Gathering and Heal. And I do Facebook lives. And when I talk about acts of self-love, uh, what I see mostly with women is this, uh, this we, we've been talking about fear all afternoon. And so I see this fear of just really showing up as who you truly are. And so I just support women and, you know, daring, because again, you're going to be afraid. That's okay. Uh, but this is the one life you have to live. That sounds like a soap opera I know. And it probably is a name of a soap opera, uh, but dare to speak, dare to uproot. Uh, I'm, um, I've been married and I finally found the courage to say, I don't want to get married anymore. Cause I have girlfriends that are like, oh D, uh, I hope you meet someone. And oh, and if I tell them I met someone and they're like, oh, they're so happy. They're a little bit too happy in a way because it's almost like that I need a man to complete me. I don't, but it took me so many years to get to a place to, to actually own that. I've been married once, I'm good. Now, if I find a man, if, if one find me or we, I find a companion where I'm moving to now that I really vibe with, who knows? But I, it's not something I need to complete me. Uh, as I, you know, I'm saying here on this International Women's Day, because uh, so in other words, I just support women and daring because I think that's where we fall short. I think that we 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 settle too much. We settle, we settle for a boring life. The reason why, I'm, um, uh, you know, or, or the status quo, we settle for what other people tell us we ought to want. Who, who, who can tell you, Christy, what you really want? They don't care what you really want. People will be lined up to tell us what we ought to want. And I support women in saying, wait a minute, hold on, let me get, let me go 
within. Let me see what I really want and let me own it. My daughter told me uh, the best compliment she gave me was that raising her, I showed her that you can be a good mother and still be a woman. She told, she thanked me for traveling the world because it showed her that she could pursue happiness however she sees fit. She thanked me for leaving jobs that were making me miserable. She thanked me for that. It was, it's a card, I, that's the one card I, I'm trying to declutter and get rid of stuff because I'm moving abroad. So I, um, I'm holding on to that card because she, she thanked me for being an example of a woman who won't settle for being miserable. Have I been miserable? Yes, many times. And, and then I wake up and I was like, wait a minute. Oh, you don't have to be. You, you can move. I was going to stay in this city. I've been in this city my whole life and I, I absolutely hate it. And then I was lying in bed one day and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't, you don't have, like a friend of mine said, you're not a tree. You can move. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's right. I'm not a tree. I can move. So I just support women in owning, come on, get in touch with what you really want. Because we really do live in a world that people, we get advertisements, we get all these messages where people want to tell us what we ought to want. You should want the big house. That's not big enough. Aspire to a bigger house. You should want the two cars. You should want three children. You should want a spouse. You should want to buy diamonds. You should want, you should want, you should want. But it, what do you really want? That's your job to know what you really want. And, and be honest with yourself. Because see, here's the thing. You know and I know, there are a lot of people walking around living lives that they really hate. Why is that? Because they have allowed someone else to tell them what they ought to want and how they ought to live. And I'm here to say, no, nobody gets to tell you what you want, should want. Nobody gets to tell you where you should live. Nobody gets to tell you even what you should eat or drink. As long as you're not hurting other people. I mean, I don't, I'm not for hurting other people, abandoning your children and all of that. Take the children with you. <laughs> I know people moving to other parts of the world and they're taking their children with them. Having a grand time, right? So know what you want as a woman. Be willing to own it. You can journal about it. You don't have to start telling everybody. I'm not suggesting that you start telling everybody what you want because if you've been used to towing the line, they're not going to be very supportive. So tell yourself what you want. You can start uh, asking yourself in a journal. If you keep a journal, what do I want? What do I want? Just keep doing that and, and be willing to own it. And little by little, start working toward whatever that is. And know that whatever you desire, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm. I love that. That's such a powerful message. Um, because like you said, so often, um, 
I guess in like my own case, I didn't believe that I could do it all. Have a mom, you know, do the things that I, be a mom, do the things that I was passionate about, be a good wife, you know, take care of the house. So I really love that you're spreading this message that it's like, do the things that you're passionate about. And our children are watching. Like you said, you, you or your daughter was watching this whole time, everything that you were doing and you're an inspiration for her and probably didn't even realize it. It's, I didn't, I didn't. And she's 26. And when she gave me that card uh, for Mother's Day uh, in 2020, or yeah, Mother's Day or my birthday, one of those, I think it was my birthday. I was just, I was just so moved. Um, the other thing I would say to women is um, move yourself up to the top of your priority list, your to-do list. Um, it, we know, we've all heard the little saying, when you're on an airplane and they say, what, put your mask on first. Um, it's our job to be an example to our children, male and female, that a woman takes care of herself. She's responsible for her own happiness and for her own well-being and health. And I think that our, our partners, when they really love us, we actually take the burden off of them. Uh, uh, because it is a it's a very difficult job for any partner, regardless. I've been in relationship with men that they may try to make me responsible for their emotions, or responsible for their happiness, and that's such a burden, one that I'm not willing to carry today. I've tried it in the past; it didn't work. Uh, I've been that person on the other side. My first book is called Love Addicted, so I've been on the per the person who. Uh, thought that a man was supposed to make me happy and I discovered it didn't work. It doesn't work. And thanks to a man that I was madly in love with, uh, I learned that I was doing that. That's, you know, I love that relationships are our mirrors. So he told me he, he, you know, I was madly in love with him. And um, he told me, he said, you emotional high maintenance. And he was like, bye girl, bye. I'm done. And I was like, Ouch, ooh, dang. And when he did that, I was like, oh my God, who is he talking about? But then when I looked and looked closer, I realized he was telling me the truth and I went to work on that. That was, that was 20 years, 21 years ago. And I went to work on that. And my first book, Love Addicted, One Woman's Spiritual Journey Through Emotional Dependency. Through emotional dependency because I was emotionally dependent. And, but when he told me that, I began to work on that so that I became emotionally, not self-sufficient to the point, but I don't need people and desire people, but not making somebody else responsible for my happiness. So I say to any woman that's listening, because that's a precarious existence anyway, if you're making somebody else responsible for your happiness, what happens when they're not there? What happens if they have a change of heart? What happens if they die? Then you're no longer, <clears throat> excuse me, capable of being happy. Yes, you grieve. I believe in grieving. But they are not the source of your happiness. They enhance it. So I say to women, act of self-love. I believe in acts of self-love. Put yourself at the top, 
your children even come after you. Because I see too many women put their children above them. And I don't think that's healthy because their children is dependent on you. They came into your world. So you show them what it looks like to be a self-loving woman and give them an example, whether they're a male or female, if they're a girl, she would she get an example of what, how a woman takes care of herself. Mm, how beautiful is that? She's gonna grow up and be a woman who knows how to take care of herself. If it's a male child, he grows up and respects women who take care of themselves. He won't look for a woman who thinks who's going to pour everything into him. He won't be dependent, go from mom to looking for a woman who's going to take care of him before herself. I love that you bring that up. I have my boy, I have five boys, so they're all boys. And um, no girls, no girls, all boys. So, wow. I love that. That is amazing. I know. And I love that you bring that up because I've been forcing a lot more independence from them kind of during pandemic, you know, things like mom, will you like, will you come refill my drink? I'm like, no, you can get up and go do it. (gasps) Oh, I'm like, you're independent. You can do things for yourself. So it's like, I just kind of chuckle when you're doing that. Cause I'm like, my boys aren't going to grow up. They're going to grow up knowing how to do their own things. Not thinking that somebody else is going to wait on them hand and foot, which yeah. That's crippling for them and the rude awakening because these new, these new, I don't know how old the, the, the your boys are, but they're going to meet women who are not going to be willing to do that anyway. And they, you know, that's just going to be a rude awakening. And then besides, it's very attractive for every person to know how to take care of him or herself. And when they couple up, then you got two whole people. Yep. How sexy is that? I love that. I love that. So I just had to chuckle because they're like, you're, you're such the worst mom. You're making me make my own sandwich. I'm like, yes, I'm teaching you how to survive. Like <laughs> I'm a great mom, but. And doing the world a great service by doing so. Cause who needs a whole bunch of dependent people? People can't right? make a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I absolutely love it. I would, I would love to know where are we able to find you at online and your books? Where can we find you? So you can find Deborah M. Ricks uh, online at uh, sistersgatheringheal.com. That's my website. Also writebookswell.com. That's uh, another one of my websites where if you're looking for an editor, uh, someone to support you in getting that book out. Also, I'm on uh, Facebook, <laughs> Deborah M. Ricks, and I am uh, on Instagram at Deborah M. Ricks and Sisters Gavin Heal. I have two IGs. And uh, I have a podcast called Sisters Gathering to Heal. So, uh, what, did I miss anything? <laughs> I know. That's sometimes how I feel. I'm like, um, I'm here. Wait, did I miss something? Right? There's so many. I'm trying to keep up. There's so many. And almost, as I was saying, Facebook, it almost felt like Facebook is from the dark ages or something. But I do, I am on Facebook and um, it's, 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 I'm still learning because IG, I'm on there, but I am on Facebook more often. But you can find me. And, and if you want to reach out to me, deborahmricks at gmail.com. If you want to just come straight to the force, deborahmricks at gmail.com. There's no H on Deborah. 
Perfect. And I will make sure everything will be linked up in show notes. So if you are listening and you want to connect with Deborah, you'll be able to scroll straight down and connect. So I just have to thank you. This has been incredible. I feel like you have left us with so much, um, just a wisdom from your own experience and just tips. And um, it's just been an incredible conversation. So I have to thank you for giving your time to be here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And I will see you next time.